If we think about those traditional efficiency drivers, uh, you know, we still see large performance gaps with respect to digital world-class performers and their non-digital world-class peers. For example, 22% lower operating cost in the 2022 data cut for digital world-class procurement organizations compared to their non-digital world-class peers. 33% fewer FTEs being leveraged in the procurement function compared to their peers. If we look at something like process cost per order, 77% lower cost to process an order. So on that traditional efficiency side, we still see some very large gaps with respect to digital world-class performers. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast on digital world-class procurement. My name is Gary Baker. I'm the Global Communications Director for the Hackett Group, and I'm your host for today's podcast. My guests are Procurement Advisory Principal Kurt Albertson, and Associate Principal and Advisory in our procurement practice, Melanie Flores. Hi, Kurt. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Okay. Let's just start out by talking about digital world-class. What does Hackett mean when it says digital world-class procurement? How do we define it? And uh, what are the key drivers? Kurt? Yeah, that's a great question, Gary. To kind of put that in context, let me just go back a little bit in time here. The Hackett Group has long been known for defining kind of those empirically defining who those top performers are across the various functions like finance, HR, IT, procurement. Over the last five or six years, we really noticed some trends when we looked at the data. And those trends were really around the fact that those that were implementing, successfully implementing their digital transformation strategies we're starting to accelerate performance relative to others that were behind the curve when it came to their digital transformational journeys. So based on that, in 2021, the Hackett Group made a change to its traditional world-class methodology. And in doing so, kind of rebranded world-class to this term of digital world-class across the different functions like procurement, really emphasizing the role that digital transformation is playing in the broader transformational agenda. Specifically, we also looked at kind of the historical drivers of top performance in these functions like procurement, where in the past we looked at two dimensions to define world-class performance around efficiency and effectiveness. In the migration to the digital world-class methodology, we expanded the drivers associated with determining who those top performers or digital world-class leaders are. So from an efficiency perspective, we expanded, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later on in the podcast, but from an efficiency perspective, we expanded on that to include operational excellence, which took into account not only kind of the cost and productivity drivers, but also some drivers around automation. And then from an effectiveness perspective, we expanded on that to include a broader definition of business value to recognize the fact that in areas like stakeholder satisfaction, how is the function like procurement really supporting and enabling 
the overall company digital business strategy, we took into account those types of factors as well. So it really is a more holistic way of looking at those who truly are a top performer. That's great. Melanie, can you tell us a little bit more about the metrics that separate leaders from peers in digital world class? Yes, Gary, I think let me start with the business value. And I think within business value, there are a number of key dimensions. One of them is the effectiveness side. And this has been, you know, one of the areas that include traditional metrics such as the number of suppliers and particularly the spend cost reductions or how high the spend cost reduction are compared to peers. And definitely uh, digital world-class performers are excelling at, at those metrics. Also, we would consider, uh, for example, metrics such as the loss of savings coming from uh, Maverick buying. And all these together will help organizations in driving a good return on investment, which would be the, the savings in, in relationship to the operating costs. So from uh, traditional metrics in the effectiveness side, these are some of the ones that even today, digital world-class organizations get better performance on that. Now, what we have seen is that the business value is much broader than only savings. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, uh, commercial savings are very important, but organizations are really going into the direction of adding other areas and other sources of value, whether it's risk, whether it's sustainability. So there, there, the value question is being expanded and the opportunities to contribute to that. So there are, for example, some metrics on the operating cost benefits, which is where the procurement function really contribute to some of the broader business targets of the business. And I think that these are some of the metrics where we see an important gap in terms of what a digital world-class performer is able to deliver to the business compared to their peers. Now, there is another element that Kurt was mentioning on their experience side, and I think this is a very exciting area. We have been talking a lot about that, about the learning with the business, and there are some key metrics in this area, and I just want to mention two of them, which I think they are, they are very important. One is how key stakeholders see the procurement function and whether they are considered as a value business partner by their peers. So this is not how the procurement function sees itself, and it's rather how key stakeholders understand whether the procurement function is a value business partner. And I think this is very important. And the second element is about the user experience. So it's not only important to add value and also in these other areas of value that we were talking about, which are really important for the function, but it's also about making sure there is a, a good better user experience. Uh, we need to remember that the procurement function touches very, uh, you know, a very broad number of different roles at the company. There is a, the last point that I want to, to mention in terms of the metrics regarding the digital business enablement. And, and uh, this has to do with all the, you know, usage of technology that can help and to enable the business. And in this particular area where there are some metrics to look at in terms of the typical contracting and tendering process, you know, e-sourcing, contract management. But there are also some other important uh, metrics to look at, for example, in the supply management risk, which, you know, considering the, the current situation that we are going through with the disruptions, uh, inflations, etc., is also very important. 
And I'll just expand on that a little bit, talking more on, you know, Melanie just went through and did a very nice, effective job of talking about the business value side of, you know, the drivers associated with uh, digital world-class performance. And I also mentioned the operational excellence component of this, right? Which is, if you're familiar with our value grid, it's it's the x-axis, whereas business value is the y-axis. And I talked about earlier about how we've expanded on oper- you know, on efficiency, which was in, in historically kind of viewed from, you know, something like you know, procurement operating cost, cost of a transaction, number of resources supporting the procurement function, those type of efficiency drivers. And what I what I talked about earlier is we've expanded on that uh, to take a broader view of this and called it operational excellence, which now includes also the extent that we've been able to automate the processes, right? So if we think about those traditional efficiency drivers, uh, you know, we still see large performance gaps with respect to digital world-class performers and their non-digital world-class peers. For example, 22% lower operating cost in the 2022 data cut for digital world-class procurement organizations compared to their non-digital world-class peers. 33% fewer FTEs being leveraged in the procurement function compared to their peers. If we look at something like process cost per order, 77% lower cost to process an order. So on that traditional efficiency side, we still see some very large gaps with respect to digital world-class performers versus the non-digital world-class peers. The interesting thing, though, is when you start getting into kind of dissecting and, and looking at some of the, you know, the new drivers of operational excellence around kind of automation, you really see start to see where these digital world class leaders are driving some of these efficiency savings. Right. Thirty four percent more purchase requisitions that are automated, 41 percent greater POs automated electronically. So some pretty stark differences with respect to digital world-class leaders and the successes they've had in driving their digital transformation strategies and driving the automation into their processes. If you kind of pull back the cover a little bit, there's some interesting things you can see when you look at kind of the cost structure of digital world-class procurement leaders versus their peers, as well as kind of how the resources are allocated in these digital world-class organizations First and foremost, they actually spend more on technology than their peers. The obvious reason why they're doing that, right, is to drive the efficiencies with respect to some of these more transactional processes and some of the metrics I talked about. And you see that when you look at kind of the FTE allocation, you see very large gaps with respect to how many resources, digital world-class leaders kind of apply to those more operational, procurement operational type activities compared to their non-digital world-class leaders. They really reallocated those resources to more strategic types of activities within the procurement function, driving a lot of those benefits on the business value side that Melanie talked about. And the way they're doing that is certainly through, you know, broader process improvement, but a key component of that is the implementation of the of the process automation. And that's why you see kind of a higher actual cost of technology. That's great. Kurt, can you tell us a little bit about the trends uh, in the six capabilities that digital world-class procurement organizations are leveraging? Sure. 
Let me talk a little bit about some of the things that, you know, digital world-class procurement organizations are really are excelling in that's kind of separating, you know, them from the non-digital world-class leaders. I mean, there's a lot of things, right? But certainly I'll just name them, you know, technology enablement certainly is a, is a big component Kind of expanding how we look at the you know the process right and take account of, you know for, for years we've talked about you know looking at the purchase to pay process as a single process as opposed to kind of two separate processes purchasing an AP well that's expanded into kind of a broader view of source to settle from an end-to-end process ownership as well as starting to expand that even further upstream into the broader supply chain Certainly from an operating model evolution perspective, from not only a service placement perspective, but also from an org design perspective, we've seen changes uh, in terms of what digital world-class leaders are doing. And then certainly from a data analytics perspective, how are we harnessing big data to really drive greater value? And then finally, certainly from a talent perspective, right? Retooling our whole talent management approach, including obviously as we reallocate those resources to hire, focus on business value, you know, we need to retool the skill set. So those are really the areas that digital world-class performers are, are, are focused on. I'll talk a little bit deeper about some of those and then Melanie can expand on some of the others. You know, let's talk a little bit about kind of technology. So from a technology perspective, and I'll also kind of touch on the analytics piece, we continue to see, you know, world and digital world-class leaders in, in procurement really focus on rolling out these kind of core end-to-end source-to-sell technologies. You know, we've seen that for, you know, the last four or five years, a big focus on not only looking at the end-to-end process and making sure we have an end-to-end technology strategy. And, you know, the general perspective is we want to have kind of a sweet solution that addresses kind of a, that end-to-end source-to-settle process, although some organizations do kind of take a best-in-class kind of approach as opposed to that end-to-end suite. But regardless of whatever approach they take, they are implementing technology across the end-to-end source-to-settle space, and we continue to see that being rolled out. But digital world-class leaders have kind of gone beyond that, That right? That's, that's automation of those core source-to-settle processes where digital world-class organizations have really started to kind of separate themselves from the others is they've also kind of then gone back and said, okay, but, but you know, the, these end-to-end solutions, this, this core process automation does a nice job, but it's not enough, right? We need to establish a broader ecosystem of technologies with kind of best-in-class functionality for certain types of areas. And, and obviously, over the last few years, areas like better management of the overall supplier lifecycle, including supply risk, is a good example of that, right? I mean, certainly these core source-to-settle automation technologies are good and have functionality to kind of manage the broader supplier lifecycle, including supply risk. But they do have some pretty significant gaps, right? So most digital world-class leaders have gone out and said, okay, how do we augment kind of the core technology with a broader ecosystem of best-in-class functionality to support some of these areas, such as supply risk management, such as supplier onboarding, such as environmental social governance support. 
And then, you know, some of the other areas where, you know, we see kind of this best, you know, best in class functionality is tackling areas like tailspin, right? You know, the core source to settle technology doesn't really do an adequate job of focusing and really kind of leaning out and, and optimizing how we better manage tailspin. So you've seen best in class functionality, uh, you know, ecosystem technology implemented to support that. The other area is in the data visualization and advanced analytics space, right? This is a big area, you know, we continue to see from our key issue study, this being a big space and priority for procurement leaders in terms of delivering value to the, to the business. How do we harness the big data, make sense of it, and turn it into useful insights that then we can offer and have discussions with our internal stakeholders. So certainly investments in kind of best-in-class functionality with respect to not only performing the advanced analytics on big data sets, both internal and external to the organization, but then helping visualize that information and drive discussions with uh, our internal uh, stakeholders. So those are some of the areas around kind of technology and analytics that we are seeing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of focus from digital world-class leaders. And I think Melanie can touch on, you know, a couple of the others that we talked about. Yes, sure, Gordon. And I think you were mentioning one of them is the operating model. And I think we continue to see that trend of organizations and particularly the most advanced in developing an agile operating model, a model that enables them to react quicker faster, be more flexible and more responsible to the business. You know, we have seen uh, different um, versions that have uh, been implemented, but I think probably one of the characteristics that are common to all of them or to the most successful models is, is one of them is that ability of the procurement function to start coordinating, you know, take the, the coordinating role to help deliver on the key objectives definitely of the business. So I think that we have seen for a number of years, the procurement function trying to do everything by their own. And we see now a move towards taking the coordination role through, you know, internal and external parties that can help to deliver on the objectives. So this is one one of important characteristics. The second one that I would say is is also common to, to the most successful models is the utilization of enterprise-wide resources. There are a number of activities that are required. And I'm just thinking about analytics you were covering as well, Kurt, but also expertise around transformation. And, you know, what we see is that organizations, of course, are, are having, are requiring teams and the skills and the capability to do that. But instead of doing this on its own, they are really starting to leverage in more and more enterprise-wide resources. Those are not uh, specific or, or uh, exclusive of the procurement function, and is rather they are shared, if you will, at the enterprise level, but very much experienced in those particular areas. Probably the last one that I would like to mention in, in terms of the operating model, which has to do with the specialization of some of the procurement roles. We see, you know, in the past, if, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody will remember the times where we have this kind of source to contract individuals doing absolutely everything. Well, I think we have seen how the most advanced procurement functions are moving away from that, and they are really getting into a more specialization of 
particular uh, in, in corporate human roles. You know, one good example is when we see organizations separating category management from sourcing. And it's not that they are, uh, you know, completely separated, but in, indeed there are different requirements, different activities to conduct and different skills that uh, might be required. So, I would say definitely the key trend in terms of operating models is creating and developing and managing a much more agile and responsive operating model with those uh, characteristics um, that I was mentioning. There is also another area that I wanted to talk about as part of the six characteristics, and it's, it's the talent element. You know, talent has been one of the areas that, where the procurement function has been struggling for a number of years because of the evolution of the function, because of the expansion of the value delivery and the contribution that the, the, the function is providing to the enterprise. And probably particularly because of that as the concept of value is expanding and we are taking other areas such as you know, sustainability or, or risk. Then we see more and more that the requirements are increasing for the workforce. Uh, we see important changes as well in the ways of working. We are going through potentially the, the end of a pandemic uh, where we have been working in a virtual environment. And then we also see what I was discussing about in terms of the changes in the operating model. So there is definitely a renewed effort in upskilling the procurement staff, looking into these requirements and the skills needed for the digital transformation, for the new ways of working, for understanding and generating insights from the data capabilities that we definitely need to develop. So this is an area that is definitely key for organizations to advance. Also, something that I really recommend organizations is to look into managing talent as well, considering very fundamental elements that you know are more and more important as well for our staff, which has to do with diversity and the concept of purpose. So talent is, is a huge area that is definitely you know, be key for organizations, for procurement functions to continue developing. That's great. Well, we're, we're about halfway through 2022 at this point. How should organizations, procurement organizations, be moving forward? Melanie? Uh, yes, Gary. I think probably 2022 is going to be remembered by the, you know, important disruptions that we have seen and that we continue uh, still going through the inflation levels that we have seen almost never before. And all those type of things, you know, are really putting at risk the performance and stability in, in, in some organizations. So considering this environment, of course, companies need to have a really a robust response to continue operating, but at the same time, setting the foundation for an accelerated digital transformation. You know, we have seen digital world-class performers are already getting uh, the benefits of that advantage that is, is giving them operating at that level of performance. So one recommendation for organizations and how to move forward is really understand what is the level of performance? So, you know, understanding the performance baseline, it is important organizations also understand as well what is the level of maturity that they have for you know, some of the key capabilities, but also for what I call the future-ready capabilities. So those capabilities that potentially are not critical today, but we know that they are going to be important for the future 
uh, for the business, not only you know today, but really thinking what are the future needs of the business and conduct a good prioritization exercise. We cannot do everything, so we're going to have to be able to be very good at selecting where is where we need to excel at. From that, clearly organizations need to design the capabilities and they need to remember that all the dimensions need to be considered. And, you know, Kurt and I have been talking about some of them, definitely the, the process size of the services, but the operating model, the talent, the technology, analytics, etc. So I think, you know, those capabilities need to make sure when they are designed that they can address all the different elements so that they can truly deliver a performance. You know, from that, of course, they need to plan and uh, in many cases adjust uh, the, the journeys. I don't think that companies are starting from scratch today. So it's about understanding where they are and, and making those adjustments required. Understand what is the investment that is going to be uh, needed for that, uh, of course, what are the benefits and the resources uh, that, that they require. And finally, they need to ensure an agile execution. Then we have seen good acceleration in, in the execution and the development of capabilities, and definitely this is going to be needed as well. Kurt, anything from your side in terms of moving forward? No, I mean, I think you've covered it pretty well, Melanie. The only thing I would add is, is look, this isn't necessarily just a procurement journey, right? This needs to be something that we embrace our stakeholders and our, our business stakeholders and make sure that we are well aligned in this journey with, you know, driving their objectives. So ultimately, we do need to make sure this is a very customer-centric uh, journey that we go upon with respect to our digital world-class transformation and engage in the process our key stakeholders. That's great. Thank you both for joining me today. If our audience is interested, we do have a complimentary version of this research available on our website, www.thehackettgroup.com. Thank you both for being here. Good talking with you. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Melanie. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackettgroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode or send us an email at podcast at thehackettgroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.